0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess. Jesse will be back tomorrow. Paul, thanks again for joining us for another hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thanks for having me, Terry. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, God love you, brother. Well, we've got a great show ahead of us. Uh, I want to state that we're going to talk about Pope Francis' praising of a dissenting nun for years of the LGBT activism Why I'm bringing this up is because he needs more prayers. I'm talking about Pope Francis because he's doing things that are not uh, confirming us in our faith. And that's the role of the Pope. So I want to talk about that and how we can help him through our prayers. Also, this is interesting. A leftist justice spreading COVID misinformation in the Supreme Court vax mandate hearings. I don't know if any of you have been listening, but wow, this is uh, unbelievable. Also... This is right up Paul Clay's background as being a a sheriff for many, 35 years, I guess. Uh, This is about a Manhattan Soros-funded DA, district attorney, lays the foundation for the next crime wave, instructing DAs to drop prison sentences. Okay, I'm sorry. That can't be. But we'll talk about that. And then I always have my good news story because I want to lift you up. Uh, This is a great story of a doctor, okay? He's a OBGYN. He's helped more than 350 mothers change their minds about their unborn baby. Praise and God. Those babies are living today because of this doctor. So I want to profile him because he's a good example for us all in protecting life. But Paul, before we do any of that here at the Terry and Jesse show, Jess calls it soul food. And so we want to read from the gospel of today. This is we're now in ordinary time. It's Mark chapter 1, verse 14 to 20. It's short, but you know that part where he says, repeat, repent, and believe in the gospel? I had that one highlighted in my missile because I say that to myself all the time. Repent, Terry, and believe in the gospel. So, Paul, if you could be so good to read that gospel and also give us your exegesis on it.
1: already. And immediately they left their nets and followed him as he went a little further He saw James son of Zebedee and his brother John who were in their boat mending nets immediately. He called them And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the with the hired men and followed him The gospel of the Lord
0: praise to you Lord Jesus Christ I want to hear your commentary because I've got something that touched my own personal life from this gospel Go ahead, brother. Okay,
1: all right, brother. Well, right off the bat, you said it. That something jumps right at you. <laughs> uh, John the Baptist's message of repentance: repent and believe the gospel. Believe the good news of God. Why? Because the light has come into the world. John is recognizing, you know, our our our, our human condition. John knows that. Listen, if left to ourselves, Terry. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the gates of heaven were slammed shut because we're sons of Adam. That's right. Okay. Uh, There was no, there was no hope for man until the word of God was made flesh. And John, uh, who was appointed, you know, who was appointed by God to Mm -hmm. be that prophet, the one who would uh, announce the coming of the Messiah, uh, his message was clear. The, The way to come to Jesus is through repentance, uh, sacrifice and offering I have not desired, Jesus said, but a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. Mm. The other thing, Terry, yeah. that, that, that kind of jumps out at me is, uh, even though it seems random, Jesus is, uh, you know, he he's happens to be walking and he, and he sees some of his apostles. We have to remember what God says about Jeremiah. He says, uh, I knew you before I formed you in the womb and knit you together in the secret place. And appointed you a prophet to the nations. You see, there's nothing random with God, even though from a human aspect, we cooperate with the grace of God. Mm -hmm. God is the one who is going after the lost sheep. God is the one who is, uh, you know, coming toward us. And we have to uh, remember that, um, you know, from our perspective, we like, oh, you know, I found the Lord, Mm -hmm. but actually the it's the Lord who's been <laughs> seeking us and he's yeah. you know and he continues to seek us sure. and and when we become the prodigal son and we and we go off into foreign lands and you know he he longs to see us come home so um you know I you know there's no randomness with God God is uh he's calling us to something that's right uh, if you notice they have they have their normal life. And Jesus is saying, look, come and follow me, and I'm going to put a supernatural spin on your life. You're not just going to be a fisherman, but you're going to be a fisher of men. And as you know, Terry, when you begin to follow christ when you be when when you fall in love with him you fall in love and you you become burdened for the ministry of christ which is what to save that which is lost and you just want to be an instrument like a lightning rod to to go out and proclaim his excellencies to the world like the pearl of great price i'm going to give up everything just to go after what i know to be true and that and that prize is the lord jesus christ himself
0: wow paul this particular scripture, 43 years ago, I can remember it very clearly, in 1978. Yes. I guess that's 44 years now. <laughs> we're in a new year. Sorry, my math was off. <laughs> 44 years ago, I read this scripture, and this was something that inspired me to think that God might be calling me to the priesthood. So I went to Marytown, a Franciscan monastery, to do a come see. Well, that wasn't my vocation. They asked me to leave for a number of reasons, which is Okay. <laughs> But when I got back home from the monastery, I asked, what does God want me to do? And, you know, it just fell into, i believe it or not, this is shocking to all of our listeners, but I went into real estate in 1980. And in five years, I was very successful. Uh, when, I think I was 13th in the state of California for red carpet and sales. Yes, I was in 82, I think it was. And so I said, after five years, uh, hey, um, this is great and I enjoy it, but God's calling me to something more. Well, that was back when cassette tapes were around and eight tracks were still leaving. And I spent most, I said, well, my dad got sick uh, and I needed to come home and take care of him. So I did, uh, and I built a little apartment off my parents' house and mm. started St. Joseph Communications on the side yes. so I could take care of my dad and because my mom needed help. And uh, that's what God wanted. And so now, 44 years later, there's millions of recordings through Lighthouse Catholic Media, uh, St. Joseph's, and uh, all through God's grace. But you see, one never knows what God wants out of us. We can only pray and seek His will. And then He showed it. I'm convinced at this late stage in my life that that was all God's plan, that I just needed to cooperate with the graces. So this scripture verse was very personal to me. So thank well, you, Paul.
1: Well, Terry, even more than your cooperation, mm-hmm. to be faithful yeah. to God. Sure. You see, if, if we're faithful in a little, God will make will give us more. Man. And see, so when I look at a guy like you, you didn't happen to be just uh, the greatest realtor extraordinaire there that, that you know, you might like to want to take a bow, but I think that God was already working supernaturally in your life and rewarding you yeah. be, um, because you're a man of faith. And God already saw the vision mm. and the vocation and the calling that he was going to call you to. So uh, uh, thank you for, for thank that, you, Terry. Thank you, Jesus, for yes. giving
0: me the opportunity to say yes. yes. All of us need to say yes to this gospel. Amen. All of us. Amen. Hey, Paul, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Paul Sheen ahead. All right. I want your comments on this. It's on repression. Fulton Sheen said this 60 years ago. If there were ever any nonsense in the world, it is the notion that repression is always wrong. Well said. It assumes that nothing should ever be repressed. Fulton Sheen says this is to forget that if you repress evil, good comes up. If you mm-hmm. repress good, evil comes up. You get it? If you Mm -hmm. repress the idea that you're going to rob a bank, honestly, asserts itself. (laughs) If a soldier represses the temptation that he ought to sleep while he's on guard, duty asserts itself. You see how this, that's the natural way. The problem is not whether there will be repression or not. It is rather what will be repressed, goodness or evil.
1: Amen. That says it all, doesn't it? And and isn't that the truth? And right now, Terry, we live in a time where goodness and evil uh, seem to be blurred. Yeah. The line, yeah, the lines are blurred. Yep. Uh, You know, by design, of course. As you know, Satan is the god of this world, and he, you know, and he has been working overtime, particularly in this generation, Terry. Uh, uh, I was just sharing with somebody. um, You go back a hundred years ago. And, you know, you don't have TVs and you don't have uh, all all these distractions and computers and different things. And since, you know, this rapid increase in knowledge has occurred, uh, the devil has been working overtime to try to corrupt these, you know, uh, uh, basic uh, uh, things that uh, that we've been utilizing. We can use it for good or we can use it for evil.
0: Amen. When we come back. We're going to help Pope, Pope Francis with our prayers because he needs it. He's praising yes. an organization that is at odds with the magisterial teachings of the church. As sad as this has to be said, but what can we do? We pray for him. We'll come right back here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show.
1: To join the conversation, call 888 888- Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back. Jesse Romero will be back back tomorrow. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess. And Paul, it it really hurts me to have to talk about the vigor of Christ, the Pope Francis. You know, he's the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. So he has to Mm -hmm. teach what the perennial teachings of the church have been for 2,000 years And when we see things that are being done, for example, he's praising a dissident nun that for years was promoting the LGBT activism, Uh, our hearts go out and say, wait a minute, what are you doing? And so here's what's happening. He wrote a letter to a Catholic nun who openly defies church teaching on sexuality, praising her for 50 years of ministry, which has been mostly devoted to promoting the normalization of homosexuality within the church. You know, that's like saying, I'm going to promote the guy who has the um, house of ill repute at prostitution house as saying, good job, buddy. You've been mm-hmm. doing this for 50 years because it's, it's sinful. Okay. Objectively prostitution is sinful. Objectively active homosexuality is sinful And you're not doing anybody a favor. As a matter of fact, the most merciless thing you can do is let someone wallow in their sins. So I just want to get this out that uh, a Jesuit publication, America Magazine, in another sign of support for the LGBT Catholics and those who advocate on their behalf, Pope Francis sent a handwritten letter December 10th to Sister. This is just coming out now, almost a, Mm a month later. Sister Gemrach is celebrating, like you say, the 50 years of working, noting her anniversary at the reason for his letter. The Pope congratulated her in Spanish. And are you ready for this? Holy Father, please, with all due respect, knock Mm -hmm. it off. I mean, really? Mm -hmm. 50 years of closeness, compassion, Mm -hmm. and tenderness, encouraging people to commit mortal sin? Can I say Mm -hmm. it any clearer? In a ministry that he described as being in the style of God, God is not the style of God to affirm people in their sinfulness. That's right. We just talked about it in the gospel. Repent of our sins and believe in the gospel.
1: That's the word they left out, Terry. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's the word he left out. Repent. Yeah.
0: So he says, thank you, sister, wrote the Pope at the conclusion of his note, for all your closeness and compassion and tenderness. Now, my text is getting all beaten up right now. and They're saying you're complaining about the Pope. No, I'm affirming him in his call just like if I was a dad. Are you ready for this, Paul? This mm-hmm. is gonna shock you. If I'm if my boys were doing a uh let's say a house of prostitution or they were doing something objectively morally wrong, and I a dad said, Hey boys, keep it up. You're doing great. You got three years in the you know, of uh ruining people's lives through prostitution, but you're making some good money and you're you know, you got a good business going. Keep it up. That would be sinful for me. I can only say that for me because Mm -hmm. I would be participating in that sin of my son by not calling him because I'm his dad. I have moral responsibility, especially for my children.
1: I'm sorry, Terry. Go ahead. Terry, I I missed the part. I missed the part about, uh, so the Pope is you know beyond the ability to sin is that what we're we're saying
0: <laughs> well, yeah yeah see but see that's the point is he's affirming someone in their sinfulness and you know that's not what the catholic church teaches as you know right, and right. so one of the things that that crosses my mind is to pray for the holy father in a very powerful way because he's leading people away from christ i mean saint pope felix the third said this in 475, and if he was with the Holy Father today, I think it apprises, it, it, it appeals to him. It should. The Holy Father back then in the 5th century said, not to oppose error is to approve it, mm-hmm. and not to defend truth is to suppress it, and mm-hmm. indeed to neglect the confound evil men when we can do it is no less a sin than to encourage them. Now, I, again, I can't judge anybody, but my, I mean, my, my examination of conscience is with me. But I do know this. Objectively, I don't want to participate by a sin of omission. When I see somebody sinning, it would be wrong of me not to correct them in a very powerful way, but at least showing them that what, what our Lord teaches. So uh, this article really uh, points out that what the Holy Father is doing is affirming someone in sin. Now, the great—I don't know if you know uh, Father Richard Neuhaus— he was a convert to the Catholic faith back in the 90s, and he wrote The Catholic Moment. And he wrote back, way back in the 90s about the campaign. He's talking about Sister's new book, or her book at the time, called, are you ready for this? Homosexuality in the Priesthood and Religious Life. That's what this mm. man wrote the letter on. That's what you're congratulating mm. her on? Now. Mm. Father Newhouse says the campaign in the church for homosexual rights. You notice I don't say gay I'm gay, Paul. I'm a happy mm. dude. The one mm. called homosexual rights, as they are called, is by its own definition, are you ready? Father said, a frontal attack on the church teachings and practice and on cultural patterns that the church thought to have blessed in the past. Homosexuality in the priest and religious life, edited by Sister Jean, no, is a useful guide to companion to campaign developing attitudes, arguments, and strategies. It contains eight essays proponents of radically changing the approach of homosexuality and 14 chapters of testimony by lesbians and male homosexuals in the priesthood and religious life. Now, Paul, notably, Father James Martin, another Jesuit, okay, he bases his book called Building a Bridge, How the Catholic Church and the LGBT Community can enter into relationships of respect, compassion, and sensitivity. His Address in New Ways ministry ceremony where he received the organization's Bridge Building Award. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this up, Paul, is Pope Francis has, has repeatedly congratulated religious men, women, and others who endeavor to subvert church teachings regarding homosexuality and mm-hmm. transgenderism. Now, I hate to have to say that, but you see, the good of the flock— Okay, the flock is being misled by the shepherd right here. He's not Mm -hmm. giving what Christ has always taught. And I think in a very fruitful way, we have to say, your holiness, with all due respect, you're wrong on this. And please lead the flock to purity of doctrine. Now, Paul, I'll I'll turn it over to you. But I just want to say that the pontiff, according to the nun, referred to males and reported to be between forty and seventy years as girls at one of the sisters' houses. And so the Holy Father in one side of his mouth will say, No, God made man, made man and made woman. But then for if he's talking to this nun, he's gonna say, Well, if they're a transgenderism, well then let's call him a woman, even though he's a man, because mm-hmm. you know, we want to be compassionate. But the mm-hmm. challenge is, Paul, I'm concerned as a layman that the Holy Father is not. Affirming us in our faith rather. He is uh, Deleting a, a moral teachings of the church that is very serious on his part
1: Well Terry you Tell started me. off uh, With the smartest man in the room Bishop Sheen Okay, yeah, and this is directly applicable yeah. to that quote that he said today oh, yeah. And so what you see going on here is a <clears throat> repressing of the truth mm-hmm. there you a go. repressing of goodness and when that happens, evil flourishes. Yep. Okay. So, so this is no surprise. Cause effect. Yep. You know, these these are like uh, basic laws, you know. Uh um for every action, there's a reaction. Yep. Right. And so this is where we find ourselves today. And you know what saddens me a little Tell bit, me, Terry, Paul. That, um there's people who would, you know you know, single you out and say, you know, the audacity yeah. of him to, you know, say anything negative about uh, the Holy Father. Yeah. But listen, what saddens me, Terry, is, is there's not enough of his brother bishops that are calling him out on this stuff. OK, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it saddens me that, you know, it's coming from the from the lay people instead of, you know, all the, you know, uh bishops in the world, particularly in this country, since this this is the country we're in, you know, where are the voices? Where are they standing up to talk about this? I mean, yes, there's a few. There's a few voices crying in the wilderness, but it just goes to show you we're exactly where our Blessed Mother told us that we would be, that, um, that if essentially the church did not obey God and do all that was called, that right. it was called to do, then uh, evil was going to flourish. The errors of Russia would continue, that's right. Marxism, that's atheists. Right. And so this is all just a, uh, you know, um, uh, a reaction to everything that's happened.
0: Paul, well, I want to read the entire short letter so that people get the context of it, that I'm not okay. interpreting it. Dear Sister, many thanks for your letter. It makes me happy to receive the news about your 50th anniversary. Your letter reminds me of the style of God. God has his own style in communicating with us, and it can be summarized in in the style of three words, closeness, compassion, and tenderness. Uh, And I am thinking of your 50 years of ministry, which were 50 years with this style of God. Fifty years of closeness, compassion, and tenderness. You have not you have you have not been afraid of closeness and getting close you did it, suffering with compassion and without condemning anyone. But the tenderness of a sister and a mother. Thank you, Sister Jean, for all your closeness, compassion, and tenderness. I pray for you. Please do not forget to pray for me. May Jesus bless you and the Holy Virgin protect you. Fraternally, Francisco. Well, Paul, mm. again, I think his letter about not condemning anyone, uh, he's, she's dealing with people who are wounded in their sexuality, and she's affirming these people uh, to affirm them in sin. Yeah. But that's not compassion. That's what yes. we call false compassion. That's not giving people... Christ that's giving them yes. a false gospel. I'm sorry yeah, that's yeah. simple as that.
1: Yeah, Terry, we're not you're right, he's right. We're not called to condemn mm-hmm. but we are called to correct.
0: Yep, there you go.
1: Okay. And uh uh sacred scripture tells us love corrects. Right. You see, and if like you said, the, the the most unloving thing that we can do is yeah. to stay silent uh or and basically uh, you know in doing so you're giving uh Tacit consent to what the person is doing, you know, Uh, when the the most loving thing you could do is lovingly say, look, I care about you. I understand that, you know, you, you have certain feelings. Uh, we're all called to different things, and God is calling us to overcome these fleshly and worldly desires, and, and he's calling us to a better life. And there's many, many people who have left that lifestyle and turned to Christ and and received his grace and forgiveness.
0: Well said. I'm hoping that I can squeeze this in right now. Bishop Schneider's 2022 New Year's message. Uh, you can go to LifeSite News and read it. Uh, yeah, but uh, he really is my man. He quoted yes, he Fulton is. Sheen. He said, uh, I'm highlighting the insights of servant of God, Bishop Sheen. He says this. Well, about time, when we come back from the break, you'll want to hear what Sheen has to say about time and the new year. Wow. Fulton Sheen, please pray for us and for the church. Bishop Athanasius Snyder, thank you for being so bold in promoting the Catholic faith. When we come back, we'll cover more of what Bolton Machine has to say about the insight of time. Stay with us.
1: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back, Terry and Jesse. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess. Jess will be back tomorrow. We're talking about uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, his 2022 New Year's message. And I love this guy because he's always quoting Fulton Sheen. Mm Because I kind of think he's like a Fulton Sheen, a modern-day Sheen, because he's speaking so forcefully on the faith. But here's what he said. He said, Time is equivalent to what can be done or gained by it. At the beginning of a new year, therefore, we wish that it be happy because— we know that there is no greater melancholy or sadness that can be used for time for any purpose but the supreme one, which is what? The salvation of souls, Sheen said. Mm -hmm. And so that's it. Canon law says it at the end. If souls are saved, nothing is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. If souls are saved, everything is saved. And that's the last canon. So Bishop Schneider reflected on the appropriateness of the beginning of the year with the solemnity of Mary and the circumcision of Christ. He says, we begin a new year of our life that also human history enters into a new year under the invocation and protection of the two holiest names, Jesus and Mary, he said. Mm -hmm. And he said, there is nothing, this is really, says, properly, time cannot stop. It runs on as I am speaking. There is nothing to the end, to end it. But as soon as there is no change in it, it is eternity. Isn't that horrible? Because mm. there is no time in eternity. That's this, right. This is a good letter. He says, God love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. He wrote he quotes Romans chapter five, five. Bishop Schneider concludes with a reading from Pope Emeritus' homily in two thousand thirteen. You might want to check it out, folks. I, I just got to, every time that man speaks, I like to tell people about what he's saying. Now, Paul, yeah. this is something that uh, I wanted to get your take. It's the leftist, leftist justice spreading COVID misinformation in the Supreme Court vax mandating. Uh, justice uh, Sonia Sotomayor. she falsely claimed that the COVID variant was just as deadly as the Delta and that 100,000 children are on ventilators due to COVID. now paul that just was a lie and nobody called her out it until the media came back and said what's this about so paul my question to you is what's going on here
1: you know terry um when i heard that uh the first thing i said was well maybe she was mistaken (laughs) yeah you know but uh She's a Supreme Court justice. She needs, you know, she should be dialed in to the facts, particularly what, you know, this case, what didn't come up as a surprise. They knew it was coming and it was, you know, it's incumbent upon her to get the correct information. But I noticed that this is a typical tactic of the left. You know, you have the truth and then you have the truth according to the left. Yeah. And she clearly is a partisan leftist judge Oh yeah. and it's it's sad to say uh you know a, a, a former catholic or i should say a yeah, Catholic, she's baptized yeah, yeah yeah a baptized catholic there's no former catholic there uh she is a catholic and there again it you know it just um for me it just uh emphasizes the fact that, how important it is to have a a good formation, you know, and, and it's sad to me, Terry, that when I understand that our universities, uh, you know, they've gone so liberal that, you know, it's possible she could have even had a Catholic education oh, and yeah. still been the same person.
0: Oh, yeah. Well said. And I just yeah. want to ask everybody to pray for these proceedings, because uh, the uh, conservative justices, uh, Clarence Thomas, did you know he's a daily communicant, Paul?
1: That's good to know.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I love it. And Samuel Alito, they were most skeptical Mm -hmm. of the mandates which Thomas, casting doubt on whether OSHA has met its legal burden required to impose the workplace mandates as an emergency standard. And Alito, noting that all medications and vaccinations, even generally beneficial ones, come with a degree of risk. Well said. So this is going to continue on. All I ask our listeners to do is to pray because we need, they need the prayers to see this from coming from God, uh, and not a man's solution. Well, yes. oh, we got some time to talk now. I, I was a quickie about this situation on, on a DA, a district attorney. And this is you, you know, your background being a policeman for thirty some years, you saw the um, criminals. I think you even worked in a in a jail for years, so you saw all this going on. This is a Manhattan, so it's New York. Soros funded D.A. lays foundation for next crime wave and he's instructing the D.A.s to drop prison sentences. And I'm sorry, a layman like me, I read that and I go, so bad guys do bad things and they don't go to prison. Am I reading something wrong? What's going on here?
1: (laughs) Well, it's again, it's the way the left uh, views things and they, you know, you know, and they, if you ask them, Terry, they're being virtuous in the sense that, oh, we just value human life so much that we think everybody should be given a second chance. Right. Uh, to err is human. Right. Forgiveness is divine. You know, so they can take, you know, uh, uh, true statements and turn it around and and try to act like what they're doing is virtuous. But what's really going on here is he has a responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to protect the innocent. The good sit- yes, yes. Uh, it's the same thing when uh, when you're a police officer, you know, we have to protect the innocent. Yep. And so when the guilty, uh, uh, you know, uh, become predators on the innocent. Well, the only means that we have is is to incarcerate them. And, you know, this this trend to soften the sentences, Terry, has just been going on. For so long, and it's just not happening in uh, New York. It's happening all across the country. And by the way, George Soros is, you know, uh, uh, funding millions and millions of dollars to get these liberal DAs elected because he's uh, figured out that, you know, so example, when they had the riots going on in the country, these people would turn around and get arrested. Well, he's got organizations that he's funding to bail him out as quick as possible. And then he has you know, uh, the DAs that he's supported that support his liberal causes and they don't even wanna file the case against them. This is sad and it's a shame that this is going on in our country.
0: Paul, I wanna ask you a question regarding the police state. When you are a policeman and you see this going on and you arrest somebody today for some violent criminal action, and they're mm-hmm. back on the streets the next day what does that do to the guy on the beat in other words does that demoralize him in the sense like what am i doing arresting him knowing he's going to be right back out
1: yeah it, it certainly does terry and okay. e- you know even another aspect of it is you know uh they're uh, demonizing the police so much <laughs> mm-hmm. today that the police are, you know, are like, why, why should I put myself in a position wow. uh, where, uh, you know, I'm going to be scrutinized by the whole country and possibly given up to a lynch mob? So they have stopped uh, taking affirmative action when it comes to uh, police work. They have basically, you know, th- their attitude now is I'm simply just going to answer my calls. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, and the less people I arrest, the better. Well, that's not what they're being paid to do. They're being paid to go out there and protect the innocent, protect lives and property. And if they stop, but 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 because, you know, the liberals have taken over the networks and so forth, this is what you have. And this is what it's come down to. And anybody in, the, you know, and their mother can see that uh, our country right now is uh, pretty much been given up to lawlessness from our border, you know, and 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 so many areas.
0: Yeah. Well, here's my question. I talked to cops and when they were young cops, they said they would be proactive. They know the bad areas where crime would be committed. Of course. So they would say, okay, I'm gonna I'm aware of that. And so I'm gonna be just, you know, hey, it's eight o'clock. I know something's gonna happen probably. So guess what they don't is are you telling me that those days are gone that we're not gonna be proactive?
1: Those days are gone, oh, Terry. Gosh, trust me, that they're hurts. long gone.
0: That hurts. Now, Paul, just a quick note. There's some things that uh, they make the note: armed robbers who use guns or deadly, or other deadly weapons to stick up stores and other businesses will be prosecuted only for petty larceny and misdemeanor. Could, could that possibly be? <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking: some guy holds up, points a gun at you, and and we slap his hand, say, "Don't do that, Junior." Listen. Um,
1: oh, that's horrible. Again, uh, I think... Uh... When Barack Obama ignored the existing laws on the books and yeah. he said it was just selective enforcement, oh. this is what you, this is what you have here, Terry. There, yeah. you know, it, you know, it's up to you know the police can arrest people all day long. Whether or not the deputy district attorney files that case is a whole nother ballgame. That's right. And 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 so if the top is you know is dictating, it's the same thing with these police chiefs now. Um, when when a liberal mayor appoints the police chief. He, at that point, stops, you know, if he wants to continue his career, he basically is under the thumb of that liberal mayor who appointed him, and he no longer has the ability to apply the law uh, in the way that it needs to be applied. This is what's going on in our country. Uh, They have systematically infiltrated and done this, and it's up to us to take it back.
0: Yeah. All right, Paul, when we come back, I want to uh, bring up something that uh, you've all, you've had COVID, I've had COVID. Um, we're going to talk about what's going on around the world in the sense of uh, what governments are doing to, to um, strip people of their rights. For an example, the Philippine president is threatening arrest of any unvaccinated citizen in his country. If you're 50 years or older in Italy and you're not vaccinated, you can't be there. Wow. Uh, we're going to talk more about this issue of, of uh, the vaccination and what we should be doing. And also, I'm going to tell a story of, about a diocese. Are you ready for this? This is a great teaser. There's a diocese in Tennessee that uh, is actually going to threaten to defund the diocese if they continue to make the COVID shot a mandate. The people mm. are fighting back and saying, no, no. We're supposed to have the sacraments. Our church, you can't be making it conditioned upon being vaccinated to receive Holy Communion. I like it. I do too. We'll have much more about that when we come back on the Terry and Jesse show. Hey, thanks again. This is our fourth year this month. We had our anniversary for Virgin Most Powerful. Couldn't have done it without you, so I want to publicly say thanks. And when we come back, we'll talk about a Tennessee Catholic threatening to defund the diocese. Over so what? You'll find out. Stay with us. <coughs> Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show to join the conversation. Right, we'll do call 888-526-2151. Now, Hang on a here's second, Terry and call Jesse. You back. So sorry. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Yes, I do multitask around here, folks. I get calls and I mm. never know what in us up, but I wanted to fulfill my promise to you regarding Uh, the Tennessee Catholics threatening to defund their diocese over COVID-shot mandates. And uh, what's happening is that folks are coming out, Paul, and saying to their bishop, look, that's not the church teachings. There's no, uh, you know, you can receive Holy Communion provided you have been vaccinated. There's nothing there in the church teaching for that. So we need to have that available. So basically, the lay people are sending a strong message to their bishop and saying, we love you, bishop. We want to, you know, get to heaven and we need the sacraments. Don't condition the sacraments on uh, the idea that we have to be vaccinated because I'll tell you why. This is what is so funny. I got an article here, triple Vaxed Australian chancellor contracts COVID while yeah. <laughs> touting the benefits of the mandatory jab. So there's no guarantee. I mean... In Canada, over 50% of the people in the hospital are vaccinated, okay? So this whole thing about the vaccination being an end-all, it's just not true. So Paul, my question to you as a layman, I mean, I would sign that petition and say, with all due respect, don't be telling me I can't receive the sacraments if I'm not vaccinated, that uh, I'll just shut my funding off. I, I think that that's a reasonable approach As a layman, that's my take, Paul.
1: Well, Terry, um, uh, I would sign it as well. Yeah. But in reality, I wonder how good it's going to do, Terry. Mm. And the reason why is because certainly not everybody is going to defund. Uh, The other thing is, is, as you know, our government has incentivized the church and the and the different dioceses across the country yeah. to uh, toe the line when it comes to this message about the jab. Yes. and so the, the, our church has received tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, you know, in order to um, uh, because they, you know because they're playing ball. Yeah, and so uh, at this particular point, I just wonder what kind of impact uh, the individuals will have in doing it. But right. hey. Uh, I'm I'm happy that uh, they feel so strongly about it and I support them in their efforts. Oh yeah. This is Terry. This is why I I have a question for you. You Has the entire, has the entire world gone mad? Yeah, that's
0: exactly, you know, we just have common sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, this is why they wanted to get Trump out of there. Oh yeah. uh, So bad. It's because for years, everybody has said that, the president of the United States is the leader of the free world. Yeah, and so they knew that if they could get a president like Biden, well, they're just playing follow the leader. That's so when you have the president of the Philippines, uh, you know, with you know, and these other countries in Europe coming with yeah. these um Mandate, uh, yeah. tyrannical mandates. That's right. T- uh, you see that they are you know, following the leader who is incentivizing them to uh, to do everything that they're doing. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, this is that's my take
0: on it. No, I agree with you. And this is the world we're living in. And and again, uh, whether they're successful, God calls us to be faithful, not yep. successful. So I say God love those people. But Paul, I just want to uh, take... Good point. Yeah, I just want to make another point that that uh, the church is for the salvation of souls. That's our number one yes. uh, purpose for the church and institution is to get people to heaven. Yes. And what I see happening from the top to the bottom is they're forgetting about the salvation of souls. And yep. I hope and pray we never here at Virgin Most Powerful forget that fact that life is short and eternity is forever. And I, I want to just say that, as the information is coming out more and more, like, for example, there's a court case that rejected the FDA's request to hide Pfizer's jab data for 75 years, Mm -hmm. orders released over the coming months. So, in other words, what's interesting is uh, Pfizer has a track record of being sued in the past for bad performances of their drugs. And now we're asked to take a jab from them with them not having any liability for any bad reactions. It just, well, to me, that's, that's not a good idea.
1: Well, from the beginning, it wasn't a good idea, Terry. Uh, but the problem is, is um, once this data is released, I think they have eight months to release that's it.
0: That's right, that's
1: right. Yeah, once it does come out, there's not a whole lot of recourse that we have other than we can expose them for the evil that, that they're causing and the fact that they have... Uh, acted in uh, to hide information from people. And as you know, Terry, anything that has to hide is eventually, it be hidden, is eventually going to come to the light.
0: Yeah, and this is the point that we're making that in the, uh, the district court's order is recognizing that we Americans have an immediate right to transparency of all the particulars regarding the vaccine and its development. This is a red flag for me that when they want to hide something, Mm -hmm. follow the money. Who's making all the money on all this? That's the question we should be asking. And when we do ask that question, it's uh, the same, you know, the Bill Gates, the uh, Dr. Uh, Fossey, all the the people that are into this whole uh, population decrease. These are the guys that are doing all this. And we're going back and saying, oh, yeah, we'll just follow. No, we're not going to follow. We do need to reject all this. Hey, Paul, let me just... In a couple minutes that we have left, this is a a very positive story. It shows all of us listening need to stand up for life wherever Mm -hmm. we can. This is a doctor who, as I was mentioning earlier, is an OBGYN. OBGYN, thank you. And he's helped over 350 mothers. How's he done it? Well, Paul when you see your baby in the ultrasound you've seen the baby's ultrasound like they see their child on the screen mhm that is a no brainer 90% mm-hmm. of the women who see their child realize that whoever told them it was just a blob of tissue was lying yeah and when you can show them the baby that really alerts them that that's life
1: oh yeah this doctor's a hero
0: terry yeah i I, a, I consider him yeah yeah no <laughs>
1: god considers him uh you know uh doing what he is called to do which is to love and and to bring that message of love and he will be rewarded
0: yeah you know paul i look at the picture in the article and he's got pictures of mamas holding children in their arms Mm. (laughs) yeah i love that and he's got little infant baby pictures so i mean it's just awesome man to say this is your baby oh my gosh i think that yeah you're right he is a hero but I think more of us should be inspired by these individuals. I look at this picture and he looks like an ordinary guy like you or I. Oh yeah. Just doing his duty quietly. And someone found out this guy saved 350 babies. That's right. You know,
1: basically, uh, one Person, It shows you what the impact of That's one person well, who chooses to do the right thing, uh, what God can do. He can expand that, absolutely. and 350 lives have been saved because of it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Praise God. So I want to ask everybody to please stand up for life. That's what yep. we need to be doing. Hey, one more quick note, Paul. The infectious disease expert explains why he thinks vaccines increase the chance of young people getting COVID. That's another life-size Mm -hmm. article, life-site news article. Yeah. You might want to check that out because last Tuesday, six days ago, we buried an 11-year-old boy who was vaccinated. He fell asleep and never woke up. Wow. And that's not going to get into the news.
1: But Mm -hmm. uh, the
0: thing that blows me away, Paul, is when the statistics come out, how little the 99.99% children will die from from COVID. And we're wanting to vaccinate all of our kids. Please, mom and dad, stand up for your kids. Just say no.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, If you don't stand up for them, no one else will.
0: That's that's a fact.
1: That's Mm a fact.
0: And I'll tell you, I had to console a mom and a dad in front of their their 11-year-old son who died from that. Not an easy task. Wow. But I say that to all of our moms and dads, please stand up. For your children and say no, even if it means taking the kids out of school. This is wrong. And we need to, I think if everybody stands up, because these school districts only get paid when your kid shows up every day for school.
1: That's right. And you you know, Go ahead, Paul. Oh yeah. No. Uh these people, mm-hmm. Terry, uh we need to um resist these kinds of things. Uh, when the church begins to get involved and push agendas like this, yeah. uh, we're 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 in a sad place. We're in right. a very very sad place. Uh, these decisions, whether you decide to vaccinate or not, you know they're personal. Um, if you've listened to this program, we've given you uh, probably plenty of reasons to say absolutely not. I will not. But right. uh, nonetheless, you still have free will. But know that when you when you when you choose to make these decisions, uh, there are, uh, there is an impact and, and that impact, unfortunately is lives. Uh, I don't really, uh, I think the study that you were referring to on, uh, on, uh, uh, LifeSite News right says that they're they are like six to eight more times likely to contract it if you're yeah. vaccinated than if you've had COVID and recovered.
0: Well, let me give you the statistics as of January 7th, okay. just last, what, okay. five days ago? Uh-huh. There were 1,327 fully vaccinated cases in the Ontario hospitals compared with, are you ready? 441 unvaccinated cases. Wow. Wow.
1: Well, that says it all. That says it all. Yeah. So, uh, what? it. Go ahead. No, the vaccinations. Uh, un- unfortunately, they don't do what the what what their claim what the claim that they do. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, number one is like a lot of experts, and I'm no expert, but a lot of experts have said, listen, we need to you know be worried more about the elderly and those That's at right. risk, and not not people, not wow. kids from uh you know from. Basically, infancy all the way up through, I would say, into their 40s. If you don't of have, uh, yeah, if you don't have any co uh, comorbidities, mm-hmm. then
0: um, yeah, you're good to go. Yeah. Yep. A lot of my friends right now have COVID. in their home, making reparation. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what all of them. I told everybody, hey, when you're sick, unite that suffering with the sufferings of Christ. Remember what Our yes. Lady of Fatima said: souls are going to hell because no <laughs> one is there. To make Amen. sacrifices and to pray for them Will you do that? I want to do it Let's do it together And let's help people get to heaven That's what Virgin Most Powerful Radio Is all here for Helping people yes. get to heaven And that's why if Jesse was here I'd say Jess, what state should we be living in Paul Clay? State of grace my friend Amen. And how do we do that? Stay close to Jesus And the Blessed Sacrament Get to confession at least once a month Read your Bible, get your catechism out uh, make visits to the Blessed Sacrament spend time with Jesus so that you can say yes, yes. to Jesus in these times of confusion yes. may God richly bless you and your family up next, Knights of Columbus show and the great work that they're doing for Holy Mother the Church may God richly bless you and your family